is the Entertainment Beyond Podcast with your host Jensen Dean Jackson and Alan Weinstein, bringing you all things relevant in pop culture and entertainment. We will be with you weekly, at least, talking about movies, politics, music, and all things in between. So check us out. See you next week. Same bad time, same bad station. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back again. You know, I, I don't think the public service announcements are working out in terms of announcing when we're going to be there since we're just those absentee fuckers from down the street. But as always, I am one of your hosts, Jensen, the beautiful, majestic motherfucking Dean Jackson, as always, joined by Mr. Beyond, Alan Weinstein. He forgot the air quotes, but it's okay. We'll let him slide. And today, we're going to talk about, I don't know how you feel, Alan, but I've been watching, the, I've, I've gotten deep in the, in the weeds with this show. I'm waiting for episode seven to come out. Um, the show Invincible by Robert Kirkman, who is also the creator, the comic book creator of both these shows, and the comic book creator of The Walking Dead. And uh, we will be discussing our thoughts and opinions on Invincible. Yeah, sounds good. But first, we're going to hit you guys up with a little bit of news. And Alan, the first piece of news I have today is that uh, Zack Snyder clarifies that his Army of the Dead uh, has understandably been associated with his 2004 remake of Dawn of the Dead, but the director wants to clarify that Army of the Dead is in no way, shape, or form a sequel to his re- Telling of Dawn of the Dead from 2004. And Interesting. I, I'm, I'm glad that that's been clarified because I was curious. I figured if it was some sort of sequel, it would have been put out there, you know, because that's by a lot of people that's considered to be that man of his short filmography. It's considered to be his greatest movie to date. And so it's nice. I'm, I'm, I plan to check out the new one when it comes out next month. Yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't, we've been down this road before, and I'm not normally into horror-type stuff, and I don't really do zombies and those kind of things, so, and being that I'm not overly, I'm not a huge fan of Zack Snyder um, in the way that he shoots stuff, uh, this is probably one that I, I'll be passing on. I didn't see the previous one, um, and I don't, you know, I don't watch The Walking Dead, I've never seen an episode of The Walking Dead, I don't. Um, you know, any of those kind of things. So, um, I'm not just not, that's just not really my, my wheelhouse. So, um, and yeah, and being that I'm not overly impressed with Zack Snyder in general, it definitely leaves, it doesn't move the needle for me at all. Well, you know, not everything is for everybody. I am still glad that he took a time out of what I'm sure is busy busy schedule to clarify, uh, such a, well, it's not a tiny rumor. It could be a big thing if you let it get out of control. But it's nice to know where the movie stands when it comes out. And, uh, you know, myself, I'm not really a fan of The Walking Dead or whatnot. I do enjoy zombies. Zombies are like my every once in a while. Like, you give me a zombie land. The original Double Tap was uh, just a copy of the original. But you give me something like that that I'm all down for it, but I can't, zombies aren't entertaining to me, like I can't for the life of me understand why people have such a fixation with this being, a, you know, something that needs to be in our reality, because it'd be pretty shitty, but people are obsessed with zombies, you know, give me, I'll, I'd rather fucking fight a werewolf or a vampire, that's sexy, you can do something with that, you know, I can be seduced by a female werewolf or female vampire, I ain't getting seduced by a female zombie, you can keep that, yeah. buddy. I'm not interested. That does right. nothing for me. That doesn't move my needle up or down. <laughs> yeah, I'm not into it. <laughs> yeah, I hear yeah, I, I, I agree. And uh, with that being said, we can zip right along unless you have anything else you want to mention. No, not, okay. not, on, not on that Zack Snyder movie. Uh. How I Met Your Mother spinoff, How I Met Your Father, which is when I read that this was happening, because I hate How I Met Your Mother. It strings you along for way too long, and then she just dies. And it's a story about how he met Robin repeatedly. 
But they're doing a spinoff, How I Met Your Father, and it says here, an official How I Met Your Mother spinoff, How I Met Your Father, is coming to Hulu, produced and led by former Lizzie McGuire, Lizzie McGuire star Hilary Duff. Interesting. Does that move what? the needle for you at all? Well, I mean, I, so I, I, I personally enjoyed How I Met Your Mother. Um, I, you know, I was definitely frustrated, you know, halfway through the series with the fact that we still hadn't met Mom, and then, you know, uh, you finally kind of do at the end, and then, yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely not as, the payoff is not as rewarding as I hoped it would be. But in general, I liked the show. I really enjoyed the Marshall Erickson character. I love Neil Patrick Harris. I thought Barney Stinson was great. I thought it was funny and well-written. Um, you know, I, there's a, there's some parts of that show that I had problems with, just in general, you know, as, as there are with all those shows. Um, but, I, you know, I mean, I don't know. I might check it out. I, what, I, you said Hillary Duff? Yeah, Hillary Duff, according to this article by Rick Stevenson. Playing uh, what she's kind gonna, of a, like... Are they bringing back? I, mean, I, I, guess, I assume it would be the lead role of, you know, this woman telling the story of how she met her kid's dad. So she would be playing Ted Mosby's wife? No, um, I don't think... Um, Hold on. I mean, so he's already told his story. Is it going to be, is it really the same story just told from her perspective, or is it a different... That's what I'm trying to find out right now. Yeah. Because in theory, if if, if she's just going to tell the same basic story over again, but in a different, from her perspective, I don't, that's going to be weird. Like, are they going to bring all the same actors back? Are they going to do, you know, like... Because some of her story, well, I guess her story would be different, I mean, to a certain extent, because it's her story. Okay, so I I got it. It says, uh, How I Met Your Father will be a 10-episode series starring Hilary Duff as Sophie, one of several close friends looking for love in the age of dating apps. Duff will also serve as producer on the series, working with co-creators Isaac Aptaker and Elizabeth Berger of This Is Us. How I Met Your Mother's original creators, Carter Bays and Craig Thomas, will serve as EPs. It's unclear as of how exactly the new series will tie into the original. So it looks to be a spinoff. Right, and probably somewhat of its own standalone as opposed to a real life. I mean, it'll be a spinoff, but it'll be, yeah, it'll be her life up to... Yeah, and then we'll get a fucking How I Met Your Brother and How I Met Your Sister and How I Met Your Aunt and Your Dog... Your cat, I hope not. Your goldfish. I hope not. You don't want to How I Met Your Goldfish? You know, <laughs> two two episode limit, limited season. That's right. Yeah. No, I you know I don't know. I mean, if it's done well, it might be okay. You know, like I said, I enjoyed How I Met Your Mother. I did think they strung it out a little wrong, but <laughs> I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, excuse me. Uh, sorry, three of our listeners. Mister Entertainment Beyond is dying. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I mean, I might check it out. I mean, I don't know. It doesn't move the needle, not particularly. Um, you know, the things that I liked about How I Met Your Mother was the cast, and if it's, you know, I mean, I, in theory, obviously, it's not going to be the same cast. That would be weird. So, um, you know, depending on who they casted and how it's written, I mean, I guess if it's well written, I mean, I, I could enjoy it. Um, but no, I mean, it doesn't, it's not something that I look at and I go, oh, wow, I'm, I'm excited for that. No, I wouldn't say that. Yeah, I've been uh, very aware of their plans. This, this project's been, been various stages throughout the years. And I've always just kind of been, you know, every once in a while I hear about something that's a sequel or spinoff or offshoot. I'm kind of like, I'm not interested. And I don't remember how many seasons of that show. Yeah, some of it was funny. But the main premise is like they just kind of seems like they fucking forgot. And it seemed like a show where the premise should have been done after like three or four seasons. But because it was so popular, you know, the kind of same situation with with Supernatural, the original creator only intended for it to go so long, but it got so popular that the network wanted to just keep making more. And that's what How I Met Your your Mother feels like is a show that that had a premise that was working. It should have ended up to a certain, should have had a certain run of seasons. And then 
got in, told his story, and got the fuck out of Dodge, but it stuck around too long, and then it shit all over everybody's beds with that terrible ending. So I'm like, they, they've killed any interest they had, or I had, you know, like, I, I don't want to see anything anymore from that universe at all. And I like Hilary Duff as actress, so that's a shame, but I'm not interested at all in how I met anybody in that universe. <laughs> I hear ya. Unless you have any uh, anything else to add, to add to that, how you met your bong, maybe? <laughs> that I would watch. How I met my rabbi, that would be something that I might be interested yeah. in. Maybe. I would love to watch people go in and buy their new bonds and take them out and use them for the first time. Break it, break it on the way out. I have done that, so yes, that would be fucking hysterical. How I met 27 of my bongs. <laughs> for sure. No, I don't have any more comments on that. All right, we'll zip right along. The next one coming up is something I know is definitely moving your needle. And it's uh, Cobra Kai season four will premiere. Premiere. And I can't seem to form my words today. Will premiere in late 2021. Netflix confirms season four of Cobra Kai will premiere in late 2021. Continuing the Karate Kid dojo war between Daniel, Johnny, and Creasy, or Crease, however the fuck you say that guy's name. Yes. That does do the deal for me. I'm very excited. The only thing that the only thing that frustrates me is that it's going to be late 2021. I want it to be tomorrow. Well, um, you know, you know Alan, you you sound like someone uh, who can't wait. I cannot wait. I really enjoy that show. I, you know, I was a huge Karate Kid movie fan. I always liked Pat Morita. You know, Ralph Macchio is Ralph Macchio, and he's kind of a douchebag as an adult, no doubt about it. Um, at least from what I understand. But um, you know, and, and so I always enjoyed the movies. And then when my friend, it was already in. I think season two had already finished or was halfway through when I even realized that there was a show. A friend of mine told me about it, and so I checked it out. And from the first minute I started watching it, I couldn't stop watching it. And so I watched, like, the first season in, like, three days, and then the second season in, like, two days or something like that. And so, I mean, uh, and then the third season I thought was really good, too, so I'm very anxious. I really like just the way they're doing it. I like the story. I like the way it's done. So, um, yeah, it definitely moves the needle for me. I'm very excited. 
Well, that makes one of us, and uh, the next piece of news up on the docket is uh, according to this article written by Adrian Tyler, Batman 89's early plans had Eddie Murphy as Robin. Okay. I got him. You're going to have to fill me in a little bit. I'm not even familiar on what Batman 89 is. The Michael Keaton Batman 1989 by Tim Burton. Yeah. The movie. Right, right, right. You should be, like, more familiar with it than I am. You mean you're older than me. This is. I didn't, I, you know, the way you said Batman 89, it just didn't register. So we're talking about the original Batman movie. Yes. Okay. It says, uh, Tim Burton's Batman could have seen the introduction of Robin into his version of Gotham City, and he could have been played by none other than Eddie Murphy. So this is going back in time, saying that 1989, when they shot, or when they did, you know, let's say it was 88 or 87, however long it takes to actually get the film, and they came out in 89, that they were planning on having Eddie Murphy in the movie. That was an early, early discussion. It says, Batman was in development hell for years. Going from one director to another, and though different scripts, through different scripts as well, before Tim Burton's work caught the attention of Warner Brothers in 83. Tom McKenzie completed a script that focused on Batman and Dick Grayson's origins and had the Joker and Rupert Thorne as villains, and Silver St. Cloud was a love interest. Various filmmakers were attached to this version of the script, including Ghostbusters directing director Ivan Wright, who had a clear idea of what he wanted for the movie. Blah, 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 blah. Interesting. Yeah, so I'm trying to remember. There's been so many Batman movies. And, and so many since, since the Keaton movie. I'm trying to remember. I don't, there is no Robin in that film, right? No, there are no Robins in either one of them. And it's funny because in Batman Returns, I remember reading this rumor quite a bit. Marlon Wayans was supposed to be playing Robin in, uh, in Batman <laughs> Returns, but for some reason or another, those plans also fell through. So, okay, so here's my so here's my hit on that piece of news. What is it? Seems like it's a weird piece of news to be coming out thirty years later. Well, I mean, Alan, we're still in a pandemic. There's not a lot of new shit. <laughs> People are like, I have time to let the ghosts out of the cabinet. And well, that's hey, you want to hear some interesting shit from like fucking four decades ago? <laughs> So, yeah, so that's the first hit on it. Um, but, you know, um, I, that's still in many respects when when I think about them. And, you know, because my brain is so jumbled and I can't keep anything straight, uh, you know, I would have to probably sit and watch them all again. I still, in my mind, I feel like that 1989, the very first of what I'm calling that, the, the new Batman kind of movies, um, that was the first one. It's still right at the top of my list as favorites. It might be number one. Um, so I, I love that film. And I can't imagine Eddie Murphy, A as Robin or B in that film. Like, I just don't see it. I, Eddie Murphy doesn't seem to fit the role as Robin for me at all. And I don't have any problem with, with um, like we've talked about, like with fictional characters being something different but as i understand it robin was always a white guy so i find it kind of interesting that they would have potentially eddie murphy and then marlon wayans you know as potential uh robins um i think it's pretty amazing that way back then in the fucking you know towards the end of the 80s that they were being that forward thinking to cast someone of color to play robin Sure, and again, you know, like I said before, I, I don't have any issue with changing the race of fictional characters. I do have some issue with changing the race of, like, real-life characters if you're telling a true story. But if it's a fictional story, feel free to change any character's race you want. I don't care. Um, but, you know, as I said when we just did Coming to America 2 in our last cast, I've never been the biggest Eddie Murphy actor fan. Like, I think his best stuff has always been his stand-up. Um, and so, you know, I, I don't know. I don't think he was the, I don't think he would have been the right fit for a Robin. And in hindsight, looking back on it, I don't think that movie would have needed a Robin. 
I, I think it's great the way it is, and I'm glad that they didn't do that. You heard it here first, folks. No blacks in Batman. According to Mr. Entertainment <laughs> Beyond. Thank you. <laughs> I, I'm just Wait, joking. That's not true, man, gentlemen. That's <laughs> not true at all. First, you see now how fake news becomes fake news. Well, thankfully for you, we're just recording this, and that can be edited out. <laughs> the Sunday will be Mr. Entertainment Beyond goes on a racist rant. <laughs> if this was being posted to Twitter, it definitely would. <laughs> So, well, that's, um, all, that's, that's all I have on that. You have any news yourself? Because that's I, all I have. I, I do not have any news, unfortunately. No. The only news you have, uh, the only news Mr. Entertainment Beyond has, ladies and gentlemen, is that he's got no fucking news for you. So get that's over right. it. Uh, so we'll move on to the main event. The main event. Or if you're in WWE standards, you can have two main events. I don't know how that's mathematically correct, but you just can, you know. Um, The main event. As they say on Wrestling Daily, the titular news. There you go, the titular news. Okay, so let's talk about Robert Kirkman's Invincible. And Al and I, I, as soon as, because, you know, actually this episode... Speaking of it, is unofficially brought to you. I wish I had a book that I could fastly open so you could hear the pages wisp by your ears. But this episode is unofficially brought to you and sponsored by Hoopla, where as long as you have access to a library card, you can watch movies, you can download music, you can download digital copies of books and comic books to read. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the future of going to the library, especially in the age of fucking COVID where you don't want to touch anything. Download Hoopla, put in your you almost said credit card information. <laughs> put in your library card information and password and unlock a digital cascade of knowledge upon your eyes and ears. I but, have the Hoopla app and I have enjoyed it. See, you're you're enjoying the digital cascade of knowledge. Uh, as soon as I cracked the first couple episodes of this show, and I, I've been aware of it, I've seen the comic book and and comic book shops. But you know, I'm 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 kind of a snobby comic book reader, so I'm like, I don't know, this doesn't have Marvel DC on it, so it can't be that good because I'm right. an asshole. And so, um, no. But as soon as I cracked a, f- a couple episodes, I jumped right on Hoopla and downloaded, started reading. This this comic book has been running for like a hundred and forty something um, issues. It's been running for a very long time, and uh, like I like it. I personally, I think it's better than The Boys, that which is also on Amazon. I think it's a better TV show than The Boys. Um, yeah, I mean, so, uh, you know, uh, I'm coming at this probably from a little bit different perspective than you because you watched more of probably both of those shows than I have. I've only seen the first episode of both shows, and I was so unimpressed with the first episode of The Boys that I haven't watched any more of it. Um, and so I watched the first episode of this, and immediately I liked this better just because I like animation. Uh, that's and- why I told you to watch it. Ladies and gentlemen, I knew I could hook it with a fucking cartoon. <laughs> and I, uh, being that, um, I truly believe that the best way superheroes work on a screen is is in animation. I just don't, even though there's really some really good, phenomenal superhero live action films, I just prefer my superheroes if you're going to put them in a movie or on TV in animation. I just, because you can do so much more and because there's, in in my opinion, superheroes aren't relatable to me to the real world. And so when you see real life live action superheroes, it doesn't relate to me. Whereas in a cartoon, I can just enjoy the fact that it's a cartoon and it can be as obscure as it wants and I don't have to relate to it because it's a cartoon. So Invincible already jumps the bar for me over the boys because of that um and again i've only seen the first episode and i just watched it you know i had a couple problems with it i have a couple problems with superheroes in general you know we talk about all the time a lack of originality um and i thought that this this lacks originality i mean war woman 
is essentially Wonder Woman. They're all the Justice League or the Avengers. I mean, it's right. totally paying homage, but then you got to think about when the comic book came out. I don't know when it came out to say I can tell you that offhand, but I know if it's been running for 144 issues, it's probably it probably came out like a minute ago, but I'm sorry to cut you off. That's okay. Um, so, you know, I, like I was saying, I just, I, you know, I think, you know, perhaps if indeed um, the creator's intent was to truly try to pay homage to these other characters and create people in their image, he did that. And if that's it, then I guess, you know, okay, it is what it is, but... If your goal is to actually try to do something that's a little bit different and potentially new or unique or whatnot, I think you missed the boat here totally. I mean, I, you know, they're definitely all almost duplicates of other superheroes. Um, the story itself with the sun and not having powers right away and getting powers feels very cliche and very kind of one-dimensional, one-note. Um, that doesn't mean that I didn't enjoy it. You know, I, I find that I, I find myself saying on this show a lot, you know, oh, this wasn't very good or that wasn't very good, but I enjoyed it. And I, that's true. Like, I enjoyed this and I will watch the remaining episodes and I'll continue to watch it if it goes to a second season. But I don't think it's great. Like, it's okay. Um, but it's not phenomenal. It's not groundbreaking. You know, I wouldn't call it, you know, something that's, um, you know, absolutely must-see. Um, but it's good. I mean, I enjoyed the first episode. I saw it after the weird um, credits in the middle at, like, I don't know, 30 minutes in or 31 minutes in or whatever it was. And then they jumped to the second segment. I thought the second segment was a little bit better where, for some reason, we don't have any idea why, but for some reason... Omni-Man starts attacking and ultimately, it appears, kills everybody else. <laughs> so, hey, you have no idea what's going on there. So I kind of like that because that felt unpredictable. I didn't see that coming. Um, I especially didn't see the outcome. Um, so I thought that was good, whereas I thought the first half, or, or I'm calling it the first half because of the little credits in the middle, um, I thought it was very predictable and very kind of one note. The animation is good. I think the acting is, is well. The voiceovers are done well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean you know, it's, it's, it's entertaining. I wouldn't necessarily say that it's great or that it's moving the needle a whole lot. But I mean, I enjoyed it. You are such a stick in the mud. <laughs> you goddamn stick in the mud. Um, no. Uh... The thing about watching any pilot <clears throat> is the pilots are typically the shit where they're still trying to figure the show out. That's why they kind of call it a pilot. And so I feel like, and it's maybe it's because I've been watching more and more on the show, but the same thing goes across the board with any TV show. You know, the pilots are always, always wonky. Those are the ones that you, you always kind of cringe at the most if you go back for a rewatch. And I feel like, especially watching it further, while the animation is beautiful, I feel like there are some, some issues with the animation being on point. Sometimes the characters in this, this episode alone, to me, have this, this dead, blank look on their face. And I've seen animation with the characters fully able to express and, and emote and shit like that, so... That for me kind of took me out of it because I, I just rewatched it before we started the cast, you know. And uh, the one thing I am fully amazed by is like you get people, actors like John Hamm, who apparently wanted to come in and just play um, play a Secret Service or, or a cop or whatever the fuck. The guy with the storyline with the son that beat him up. Yeah, it's like John Hamm. Like, they pulled in major people. They got fucking J.K. Simmons. They got Sandra Oh. They got Glenn from The Walking Dead. They got a whole bunch of people to come do voice casting for a fucking cartoon TV show, which is, if you would have, you know, went back in time and told people that, and like, 10 years ago, they would have told you you're fucking nuts. And so, for that, you know... It uh, 
it definitely gets my attention. I like it. I like anything that's adapted from from a source material, a comic book. Like I, I just like anything that's nerdy like that. Cool. Give me more of that shit because we've only been getting this shit for so long. And a lot of these stories, yes, they. Uh, after a certain point, I think you've even said, Alan, like things just. You can only tell this the, the same kind of story differently so many times before it's all I'm like yeah he's got the the typical my well you know my my parents a uh, uh, superhero kind of thing going on for him and the the waiting for the powers and whatnot and you know yeah Omni Man is just a mirror image of Superman and like the the the, the one I was the most interested in obviously was the offshoot yeah darkwing i want to know more about black (laughs) batman like give me some of that i was like so shocked when uh omni dickhead killed all of the uh defenders of the globe or where i know that's not the right name guardians of the guardians of the globe yeah um yeah it was shocking i I know the reason why i'm not gonna say it i want to spoil it for you right no and i'm a little you know i the way it ended makes it a little weird going into episode two because it's like, well, everyone we saw in episode one except for the son and Omni Man is dead. Like, what what the hell is going to take place in episode two? Like, so yeah, I mean, I'm definitely they piqued my interest in that regard and, and, and with the ending, um, you know, I, I do like. I think that they did a good job, not to interrupt you or whatever, but I think they did a good job in the final scene with the graphics and some of that. I mean, some of it's a little over-graphic for me, but um, they did a good job of kind of creating that comic book imagery with the the, the violence at the end of the first episode and, and the blood spatter. It was very comic book-esque, and I did enjoy that. Well, it definitely, it, man, it's a very violent show. I'll yes, tell you it that. It is a very, very violent show. But the comic book is just as as graphic. And, uh, I mean, I've been reading the comic book. I think there are only, like, four to six issues per volume. So they go by pretty fast. And there are vast changes, you know. In the comic book, his high school friend, his best friend isn't gay. He's just a straight white dude. And the girl that he defends, Amber, is just a blonde white chick you know so it's nice and it's nice you know to draw a comparison between some of the shit that they had talked about with their their wokeness and the over it's nice when people don't even call it being woke they just realize hey the world isn't this one way and maybe we should change things to represent all of the different colors of the world instead of pretending like we live in fantasy land and so it was, ni- it was nice to get that, because when I went back and read the comic, I was shocked that the, f- the best friend in high school wasn't gay, and that Amber wasn't, I assume she's some kind of uh, Hindu or Indian or, or something of that um, that region of the world. I'm not sure what she is in, in the cartoon. I, I thought she looked black to me. Oh, uh, black, okay. Not. You know, I thought she, maybe she was Indian. Of Indian Perhaps, descent. yeah, I mean, she's in, I mean, it's not a huge scene that she's in. I mean, she's not in it for a long time. I mean, it's kind of a brief, like, almost cameo brief appearance. introduction. You get further right. and further as, as, as the show so, goes on. So, I mean, but my first instinct was I thought that she was black, but maybe not. I mean, you probably have a better idea because you've been watching more than I have, but... I, I actually don't. I, I, yeah. I just assumed maybe she was an Indian girl. Which is fine, you know, I, to be honest with you, like... I don't always need, you know, I don't need it explained to me what somebody always is. Like, I kind of like some of that ambiguousness, you know? Well, I only made it, it only made me assume more when I read the the graphic novel and saw that she was uh, a blonde white girl. And I was like, oh shit, I'm like, well, now I'm interested in knowing what they they chose. Because thought has to go into something like that, especially if you're retconning a character's ethnicity like you don't just throw it out there you like clear thought goes into it. not that i'm obsessed with it or anything it's just reading the graphic novel made me take more of an interest because i had assumed i had assumed knowing that the having knowing having knowledge that the graphic novel was out there that i was taking these characters at face value that it was a a faithful transition from page to picture and right. I, what it was was a um 
you know, as Iron Man would say, a full four-point restoration, so to speak. So, and you should know better by now to know that it's not a... Chances are good that it's not going to mimic the, the comic book. Well, you know one can I mean? only hope. One can only one hope can that only one hope. day, fingers crossed, <laughs> that they get Batman correct on the big screen. <laughs> you know, but, you know, fools chase, you know waterfalls or some shit like that or no fools rush in that's that's the one yeah fools rush in that's yeah. right why do we who knows but there's probably because <laughs> there's weed on the inside let's be honest <laughs> that's why we foolishly rush in because there's weed right. in there there's weed in there i thought that the um i like his name invincible um, and I like his costume that his dad took him shopping to get it definitely fits the angsty cocky teenager vibe that you're rallying against grandfather yes. time <laughs> absolutely yes you know the older I get I feel more like that too it's more like get off my lawn I definitely <laughs> feel like that <laughs> curmudgeonly like curmudgeonly. And you're yeah, not that I old just, either I know I'm not but I just have zero tolerance for like that stuff anymore and like, this guy supposedly has kids ladies and gentlemen <laughs> Turn the music down, get off the grass, go away, like... We're in the middle of a pandemic. You shouldn't be having these conversations with anybody. <laughs> well, there is that. Everybody should be inside. Well, there is that. There is that. Speaking of the pandemic, not that anyone really cares, but I'm getting my first shot on Monday. Yeah, what the fuck? I'm just waiting around, but let's get back to the show. Yes. Uh, I... Well, I've seen so much more of it. I feel like it's. I. I just one. I. I meant to tell you. I realized, like on Monday, shit. We didn't discuss any content for the cast, and right. so I was like, "Well, I've been thinking about this because I'd known. I was just waiting for it to come out, and uh, I just got hooked into it and totally forgot to tell you anything about it. And then, uh, yeah, I'm like, "Well, he's already gonna be in because as soon as he sees that, it, it's you know, like, he's probably gonna grumble back like, ah, another." fucking non-high art live action like oh this is cartoons like okay you know so i knew i could get you hooked in on it but you know i i I figured the best way to talk about tv shows this podcast because i'm not committing to breaking down the full season with you i'm not gonna do that i just don't feel like we can we can cover more ground if there's a show we really like then we can cover multiple episodes but i don't feel like it's it's a fair use of time at this point to break down a full season. But yeah, I just wanted to, you know, maybe get you hooked on a new show and see what you thought because you're the cartoon aficionado. <laughs> yeah, and again, I mean, I like, like you said, I like all cartoons. And because of that, I mean, I enjoyed it and I will continue to watch it because it's a cartoon. I, you know, That's it, proof, again. ladies and gentlemen. He said he watches cartoon porn. He said he likes all cartoons. I'm twisting words today. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So now I'm a racist pervert. Sweet. <laughs> well, you can't. I, I should be thankful we only have three listeners now. <laughs> <laughs> no, neither one of those things are true, ladies and gentlemen. This isn't Fox Thank you for News. correcting that. <laughs> neither of those facts are factual yeah. for Alan Weinstein, at least. I can't speak for anybody else, but <laughs> they're not true for him. Uh, that's funny. So, yeah, I mean, I, you know, like I said, I will, um, you know, I'll watch the next episode and I'll keep watching it. Yeah, I tend to agree. I mean, I don't think that it's a great use of time to necessarily do every episode um you know if it was uh if it was a show that we were super both really into and it was an amazing type of thing and it was worthy of it i could potentially see doing it but no i mean I, this show definitely doesn't justify that much that oh much shut discussion. your mouth you filthy mudblood don't speak of things which you don't know about. <laughs> Sorry, I got I just I just got racist there by calling you a mudblood, actually. That's right. By That's the right. by the wizarding terms I turned into a racist. <laughs> yeah, well we already knew you were, so it's okay. Well, you know, I am a Slytherin, so not that not <laughs> oh, that my house geez. defines me. Not that my house defines me. Slytherin <laughs> can be good. That's not true. That's not true. And I will duel you in the courtyard if you really want to go there. Let me guess. Let me guess. You're a, a Gryffindor? 
Always. Punk ass Gryffindors. <laughs> no, I thought I thought with I how emotional you were being that you were gonna tell me you were a Hufflepuff. No, no, no. I'd probably be Slytherin too. I've always been a I was always a bad guy. Slytherin and a bad boy. No, Slytherin isn't about being bad, it's about being cunning and some other things. And being well, a cunning person isn't being bad. Well, I was, I, there's, there's plenty of evil in Slytherin, and I've always yes, been about the evil side. Yes, our house does have a dark history. But Gryffindor, you know, there's a lot of things that Dumbledore did that weren't so fucking great. That's true. Got his sister killed over power. I mean, I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> just saying. I'm just Very saying. Very true. Very true. Fucking Gryffindors. <laughs> And now you made me, I lost track of what I was even talking about. Um, yeah, I don't even know how we got on Harry Potter. You said something was... about Slytherins and, you know, I had to defend my house. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I mean, I don't, I, yes, we were talking about whether this show justified. Oh, yeah, I called you a mudblood. That's how we got yeah, on Harry That's Potter. how we got there, that's right. I so, went racist, that's right. There are some shows out there that I think could justify doing you know, a podcast for every episode or, or even, you know, having it as a small segment of every podcast, you know, doing something else, you know, being a main thing. But I, I would I'm probably not do show. Well, I, 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 I just think, you know, I'm not a doctor and my name's definitely not Dre. But I would say, you know, my prescription would be at least watch two, give it two more episodes. If you Absolutely. Don't feel that I'll watch way, the whole thing. I'll watch the whole thing. <laughs> well, for the for the sake of the podcast, give it two more episodes. If you don't feel by like the middle of episode three that it's worth it, then you know I will do what I don't like doing, which is admitting that I was wrong, and you know we can <laughs> we can move on from there. Yes, no, I will definitely continue to watch it, and, and then when I watch the um, and uh, the next few episodes, we can check back in, and I'll give you another little. As it as it moves on, I'll chime in again. It'll be short and brief, but I'll chime in again with if I have any changed views on it or not. It's All right. Uh, and it's a little unfair because it's the the first episode of a series that's probably gonna you know Robert Kirkman made millions off this deal with this show, and and they're also gonna do a live action movie that'll be different in terms of who plays the roles in that movie, but um. We've got our puff rating system, so based on what you know so far, what are you giving Invincible? Uh, I'm giving it two and a half puffs. Some weak-ass Gryffindor shit, son. (laughs) 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 I'm gonna give it three and a half puffs. Jeez Louise. But that's based off what I know. Hey, when I know something is good, I know it's good, and this is good shit. As Rick James probably said more than once, this is good shit. This is good shit. <laughs> That's funny. Well, I, like I said, hopefully, you know, I'll, it'll get, it'll pick up a little bit for me um, in episode two and three. And as it goes on, I'm sure, you know, as with a lot of stuff, like you said, these things usually get better as they go. Um, I watched that. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but there's that new Kevin James sitcom on Netflix, The Crew, where he plays a, uh, like a head of a NASCAR pit crew. Let me just be completely and one thousand percent blunt with you. I don't give a fuck about Kevin James. <laughs> he plays the exact same fucking schmucky character, loser ass motherfucker, and everything, everything. I I had it with Kevin James at Paul Blart Mall Cop Two. I fucking had it, and he was in that show. What was it? Was it King of Queens, right? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. yeah a hot ass wife. Yeah, he was doing good in that. He is one of those motherfuckers from Happy Madison where I don't want to see you do shit anymore, man. Fuck, people think Adam Sandler's doing the same shit. Fuck Kevin James. I'm sorry. I am very sorry. But fuck Kevin James. <laughs> I feel James. totally opposite of that. We're on total opposite sides of that because I think Adam Sandler's terrible and I love Kevin James. Oh, I never said Adam Sandler's been doing good. I'm just saying if people are willing to admit that about Adam Sandler, they got to come to 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 grips with Kevin James being the same fucking loser character in everything that he does. <laughs> I know. I mean, I you know, I definitely think that they have. Um... They have decided to typecast him for sure. He tends to be the lovable loser, no doubt about it. I mean, that's that's his character. I don't love him. him. <laughs> well, you're supposed to. 
mean, he's one of those motherfuckers that deserves to be in dinner for schmucks, but as his real self. You're supposed to be endeared and, 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 and you know, and, and sympathetic and compassionate for Paul Blart. You're supposed uh, to be, you know, Paul does not, not that the fat security guard that irritates you. I mean, that's, that's not the point of the movie. <laughs> the point of the movie is to feel bad for Paul. Because he's you an know? idiot? Not because he's an idiot, but because people are, the world is rough. I mean, he's a fat dude that likes a skinny girl that probably can't get the girl, and he's had Hey, man, you know, I, saw, I saw the fucking, I saw, what was it, Observe and Report, where fucking, what's his name, definitely got the skinny pretty girl. So, all that shit, <laughs> that... The movie was just written terribly. It played into every stereotype about fat people. And I've been fat myself. So that's part of the offense for me of those movies is that it just plays into fucking stereotypes. There are stereotypes everybody. That was partly my message last week in the podcast is that, that I didn't include that. Yeah, I believe black people are being, you know, taken advantage of. But everybody gets taken advantage of. And Paul Blart and its stereotypes full of, of what fat people can and can't do is the most offensive thing about that movie, in my opinion. It's the most offensive thing about, hey, the, you're fat, so this is what you can and can't fucking do because you're fat. That's fucked up. It's not funny. Like, some, some, of, the, some of the situations in the first one were funny. I'll give you that. But the, the entire premise based off of someone's obesity or slight overweight situation is a fucked up thing to, 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 to go to a movie theater and pay money to laugh at. It's, it's kind of foul. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, in this politically correct environment, to a certain extent, you're right. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I guess it's no different than uh, singling out any other kind of, you know, aspect that people like to make fun of, whether it's race or height or, you know, age or size, or whatever. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's low-hanging fruit, no doubt about it. I mean, it's not, again, I mean, you're not going to get me to say that Kevin James is a fucking Academy Award winning actor and that Paul Blart's, a, you know, should be nominated for an award. But it's God damn it, it That's should, a, Alan. It's not. It should be it's, awarded a Razzie. <laughs> it's not quite that bad. It's it's not Leonard Part Six or Pluto Nash. Um, I've you know, never seen Pluto Nash, but I'm going to take your word on it because you brought that up twice. So I was thinking <laughs> yes. about that movie the other night. I'm like, what is what did Eddie Murphy do that was so bad? Like, do you do you, do you have? I mean, do you like like bad films just to watch them to flash? I like I like when I hear about bad films and it makes me drive to want to watch them. Like Tyler Perry's Confessions of a Marriage Counselor, awful movie, awful movie. <laughs> but it was made all the better because the guys over at How Did This Get Made basically suggested it after I watched or listened to a podcast episode. I was like, I gotta watch this movie. They're talking about it being like a fever dream. I gotta experience that fever dream, and it was Alan. It a hundred percent fucking was. Well, Pluto Nash and Leonard Part Six are both considered like two of the five worst movies ever made, and Pluto Nash is absolutely terrible. So, if you like to watch bad movies just to laugh at them, and and so damn, this is really as bad as they say it is. You should check out Pluto Nash. It's one of those. It's one of those must see because it's so bad. I will consider that recommendation. I don't even know if you can find it anywhere, honestly. But, you can find but, yeah, almost anything with a good bit torrent. That's true. That's true. So, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I don't know. It, you know, again, um, but as I was saying, that show on Netflix with Kevin James, before we got into the whole Kevin James diatribe, um, it starts off the same way. The pilot was really slow, and I was like, oh, this isn't very good. But by the eighth episode, because I think there was only eight episodes, and it was over, I was like, oh, I really enjoyed that. Like, it definitely picked up steam. It got better. And you're right. I mean, almost all shows operate that way. I mean, you really can't. It's hard to judge a show on just one on the first episode. You really got to watch a couple, if not even the first season, you, you know, depending on how many episodes there are. Uh, but nowadays in these shortened uh, seasons, you know, we're not... We're not getting 22 and 23 episodes. season 23 like episodes. Honestly. But I'm saying like we used to on like, you know, NBC shows or CBS NBC shows. NBC can I mean, go suck a butthole. You know, on, on shows like Big Bang Theory or whatever, you know, you'd get 22 episodes or, you know, on, on Man with a Plan or whatever, you know. Now you don't get those many on these streaming situations, which is fine because, you know, I don't need that many anyhow. But, um yeah, so, uh, you know, I'm sure it'll pick up, and I, you know, I'm, when 
I say I'm looking forward to watching the next episode, I mean it in a way that I'm not like pressing the button right now as soon as we get off the watch or not chomping at the bit. But I definitely am kind of curious to see what happens and where it progresses to. And that's what you call restraint, because I'm so fed up that I just decided to go back through what I've already seen, because why wait, you know, by the time I'm done, it'll be a new episode. But uh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, that is, uh, we're going to relieve you and let you free, or as uh, Data said in Independence Day, release me. That's what we're going to do for you guys. We're going to release you. <laughs> you get back to your daily tasks. Yes, we are sorry for the hostages that we held. Um, <laughs> please don't call anybody on us. And uh, we hope you enjoyed. Sorry, I'm I'm grumpy today. I haven't slept. So that's uh, no excuse for my muggle bashing or half muggle bashing. But uh, I am sorry. It's okay. Being that I'm neither a muggle or was it, I guess technically I'm only muggle, I'm not offended. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> I guess nobody's really a wizard, so I guess we're all muggles in this well, game of things. You know, sometimes it's fun to pretend. Not fun to pretend being a, a fictional racist, though. <laughs> no. no. Not for me, no, at least. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. Uh, whoops. <sighs> All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you for joining us on this Awkward as Fuck podcast. Um, you know our skis by now, though, so I feel like all three of you are going to forgive us eventually. Of course, we're, we're always all over the place. We are definitely all over the place. And speaking of all over the place, we don't know what we're doing. Oh, yes, we do. We're doing Mortal Kombat for the next fucking okay. podcast. So catch us in the future. Keep it classy and stuff that motherfucker down with brown, son. <laughs> All right.